Welcome to This is what we've been talking about And welcome to the podcast again It's James and Alan And we're killing it over here Oh yeah We're quitting our jobs We're doing so well with this thing I just quit this morning (laughs) Me too Because I didn't have to work But I got rehired Because I remembered (laughs) We're not even making anything on this Oh man, so last week we talked about a bunch of stuff. All kinds of stuff, man. We talked about that documentary and uh oh, right, how yep. effed up everything is and yeah. it was a great documentary, but I mean just the subject was crazy. It's only getting Liter- worse. Literally. Too. What's that? <laughs> yeah. It's only getting worse too. Although oh, yeah. apparently there's a bill in Congress that's being voted on giving parents more rights. I don't know if you saw oh, anything okay. about that at all, but no. Um, and of course you have the progressives like coming out against it and saying that like parents shouldn't have more rights and that it's attacking teachers and all this kind of stuff. It's ins- insanity. And they're making that's- up stuff saying that like the right is trying to like ban certain books and like, you know, all of this crazy stuff, which is completely yeah, not banning- true. We're banning books that that detail, uh, you know, like blowjobs between two gay guys, you know, exactly. to our fourth grade kids, right? You know that. So, so there I is fully behind that. Exactly. So, uh, oh, so maybe there is some truth to their to their uh, complaints or opposition, but that's not exactly what they're saying. Is going to be banned by the right. They're they're saying things like you know real historical facts and things that should be taught are going to be are going to be banned by this bill. But it's it's a lie. But you know if you say something enough times, the majority will believe it. You yeah. Know? I mean, how many people got hoodwinked with this whole COVID thing? Man, like everyone Everybody. bought into the mass hysteria. And you know, to be fair, I think. You know, I think at first everyone was was unsure of what we were facing because Absolutely. We, we didn't have any information. But, you know, it didn't take a long time. I mean, I, I say maximum six months. It's less than that, I think. But, yeah, you know, six months or less for people to see that this was a was a was a con job. You know, that, yes, there was an illness. Yes, people died. But everything surrounding it became a con job by the government and by the people in power to, to, to grab more power, to gain more power. Yeah. I mean, and uh, even given the benefit of the doubt and saying like that it wasn't, uh, you know, uh, thought of at the very beginning that this was some long laid out plan, but maybe they saw, Hey, if we keep this thing going, we can really grab some power here. And I believe that that would be the case, but I don't think they're smart enough to think this up three years ago and figure yeah. it all out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one of these people that like, I don't believe that this was released purposefully onto right. humanity, but I do believe that it was accidentally released and it then absolutely used. Was. Yeah. And then used to gain power by the people in power. Right. So I don't think it was done on purpose. I don't think they did it and said, oh, we're going to, you know, do this and then we're going to get, you know, grab more power. But I think it was an accident. And I think once it was out there, like, wow, 
like this is something that we can use to our advantage. Yes, that's exactly right. It's uh, advantageous to them to continue the bullshit story and uh, keep everybody in the dark. Uh, It was better not to have any information out there or even conflicting information. Right. And then anybody who talked against it was like a kook, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, which is I mean, exactly the reality is, good. yeah, exactly. The reality is they don't want people to think for themselves. They want, they want to think for the people, right? And right. When, when you say, well, who's they? Well, what we're talking about here are the people in power, you know, and which in media and education in psychology, in medicine, it's the progressive elites. They yeah. are in power and they don't right. want you to think for yourself. They want you to blindly follow, blindly trust. How did that even happen? Like, it, like liberals are in the media. Uh, it's seemingly with yeah. movies and Hollywood and music yep. and, uh, you know, all these influential uh, entities yeah. It's amazing. I don't know how that all happened. That's a good question. I'm not really sure. Um, well, you would think, I think that, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Finish yeah, your thought. No, I was just going to say, I think a lot of it is because most, uh, you know, conservative or right leaning people are the people that are working hard at their jobs. They don't have time to go into like Hollywood and, you know, uh, they're the ones that are running the factories and building vehicles and logging trees and you know uh building homes and you know working on your car they're like the average hard-working you know blue-collar americans yeah yeah what what i was astonished by was Mm. how many uh liberals out there have a lot of money or make a very good living you know upper middle class kind of people yeah. You know, some, uh, you know, doctors and, and, and other people who make a very good living are liberals. And I was, I'm astounded by that because I, I'm coming from this We're I think we're both coming from this part where it's like, I worked hard to get what I got. I got, uh, and I am making a decent paycheck. I want to keep as much of it as I can because well, I need it. Yeah, I agree. But I think the, what they say and what they do are two different things, right? So they say they want all these liberal policies, but the reality is, let's say they're making, I don't know, let's say some doctor's making 600K a year. Yeah. He, he's paying a decent amount of taxes, but he's, yeah. not, he's not paying what his mouth is saying people should pay in the higher yeah. tax brackets, right? Like, so a lot of them, if you even ask a liberal, well, what is a fair amount of taxes for the rich to pay? You know, and they won't they won't say, but there's been people who have said things like 80, 90 percent. Can you imagine for every hundred bucks you get to take home ten dollars? You know, so but they don't really believe that because they're not having to pay that yet. But if if something changed and the 600 K doctor actually had to pay, you know, maybe not 90 percent, but let's just even say like 60 percent, like more than half of their wealth to the government, I think their tune would change. I really do. At first it might not. At first it might not because they think, Oh, we're just, we're sacrificing for the good of, uh, of, of humanity. You know, I'm making 600 K, but 
you know, 400 K of it is going to uncle Sam, who's going to build good roads and provide good education for my family and my children. And like, you know, all these research studies and all these things that my tax dollars go to. But after a while, when they realize that a, it's basically a Ponzi scheme anyways, taxation, right? And they realize yeah. that it's not really helping them or humanity all that much. I mean, some it does, yes. Yeah. I think they would change their tune. I think also it would be funny to if there ever came a day when the government was like, hey, we just passed a bill. Um, everybody who makes over 400000 a year will need to um, host a homeless guy. <laughs> and whoever, you know what I mean? Yeah. For a week in right. your own house, right? Like right. The, the same people that are like, we got to help the homeless and, oh yeah, uh, but not, not my house. You know what well, I mean? Like well, it's that well, kind of thing. Well, talk about like illegal immigration and like building a wall. Like the people that are notorious for building walls are liberal elites, like yeah. million billionaire liberal elites that are all for like, let all the immigrants in. But they have enormous walls around their private residences and their private, you know, communities that they live in. Hey, I'd even say that anybody in that echelon making that kind of money has a wall around their house. So you'd be stupid not to, right? Yes. So Republican common and, sense. and Democrats. Yes, yes. It's a common sense thing. So yeah. the Republican people with a fence around their house go, I have a fence around my house for a purpose. It's to keep mm. the bad people out of my home. And, and the good you, people in my family. Yes, right. Yes, yeah. Yes. But like you say that and the liberal progressive elites will say, well, that's that's, you know, that you're a bigot. That's racist. You know, but what they really want is they want the illegal immigrants from Mexico coming in and voting Democratic. That yeah. That's really what this is all about. If you literally just dig down through the layers. It's they want a bigger voting base. And they know that if 30 to 40 million illegal immigrants come to the U.S. and vote Democratic, that they're going to win every election for the rest of the, the rest of our existence. They know well, that. It's, it's almost there now with every major there. metro area has yeah. more population than the rest of the state. Excuse yeah. me. And, and they're all, I don't know, they're almost all Democrat. Yeah. Probably all there. are. You know, it's getting there. So yeah, you, you want to stay away from the cities. Unfortunately, it's too bad because cities have a lot of great stuff to offer. Amazing but the, stuff. But the crime and that's the other thing that like these liberal elites are basically pushing now is is, you know, the decriminalization of of criminal activity. You know, it used to be drugs, but now it's just like anything like you can rape somebody and like basically, you know, not have you know not even have to put forth bail and just be back on the street you know it's like insanity so if the liberals really realized the the consequences and what would what what's going to happen from all like you know what's going to happen from all these horrible policies you know things like women being unsafe things like you know anybody being unsafe if criminals are on the street children women anybody you know but you know In the oh, same sounds good the, in the same breath that they're saying uh, we want to keep our, our children, our daughters safe, our women safe, we'll let a, a guy with a penis that is in a dress into the locker room with their yeah. own daughters. I mean, yeah, come on, man. Like what? Well, anyway, when you yeah. when you actually bring that part up and give that specific of an example, they start to change their tune a little bit. You know, yeah. like like 
they only see it as they only see it as um like the 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 trans guy competing in the sport like against the woman right like they don't think yeah. about the locker room they don't think about all these other things they just think about that very superficial surface thing and then when you start to ask them about the other stuff they kind of change their tune a little bit you know it's just it's all I, charade i i just don't understand the end game to it it's it's clear in my mind that i mean no, no side is 100 percent awesome right but no, the, the right side has a lot more of the values that I hold dear to my heart. And I yeah. think that are the moral right things to do. Um, and I just don't understand the end game for the Democrats. I just don't get it, man. Why would you want to perpetuate? And that's what gets me. Just, it's just perplexing to me that uh, people who are well off, who are liberals, they're smart people. They yeah. obviously are smart if they got to that position in life. It's it's power, man, because if you can bring down the family unit, if you can erode in a race like the family unit in society and break that down, it creates a chaos. And when there's chaos, guess what you need? You need the government to step in and save you. And they believe yeah, in big government. Yeah. In the end, what does that get you? You're not a free country, right? <laughs> exactly. That's yeah, exactly, exactly right. Yeah, it does. Well, but, you know, your average progressive who's not in power, who's a voter, just, you know, uh, you know, uh, your liberal friends at work, they, they don't see they don't see that far ahead. They want to they want a community uh, with an HOA, you know, pay all this right. money so somebody can tell you not to put up a fence or that right. your bushes are overgrown. Yeah, they and love that. Love it. Uh, again, love no it. personal responsibility. What's that like? It's like a beta male, right? Yeah. No personal responsibility. Just tell me what yeah. I got to do and I'll just do it. You know, it's. <laughs> That's right. Ridiculous. Uh, it's crazy. Well, anyways, we want to talk yeah. a little bit about baseball today. Um this week, uh, I sent Alan a, a like a text, which was like a meme, and because we just had the um, World Baseball Classic, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Where yeah. It's World kind of like the Classic. Olympics for baseball. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, um, you know countries competing with each other as yeah. a, as a tournament, and then. Um, you know, get to the, get to the end. And it was USA versus Japan. And it was a great game. It was amazing. Super game. Cool. Yeah. So anyways, this meme that I sent Alan was a potential team USA lineup. If they had this world baseball classic back in 1998, which yeah, for those of you that don't know, you know, Alan and I are, are not millennials. Okay. We're <laughs> before that. And uh, so the 1990s, you know, even though he's a bit older than I am, like we're both, that was our kind of our heyday or at least times that we were really excited about baseball and followed it and so forth. So yeah, like, it, it was basically this meme that talked about like what the lineup would be in 1998, which was like, I'll just rip off these names real quick. I'm not going to give their position. 1998. Yeah. Go I'm ahead. not going to give their positions because I don't want to take up a lot of time, but this is like the starting lineup basically. Derek Jeter. Ken Griffey Jr., A-Rod, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Chipper Jones, Albert Bell, John Olerud, Jason Kendall. And then the pitchers, that was all basically infield outfield. 
Pitchers Roger Clemens, Kevin Brown, Greg Maddox, Randy Johnson, the big unit, Trevor Hoffman, Rod Beck, Tom Gordon, and Troy Percival. So we were just like listening to those names and thinking that team is amazing. <laughs> like no team Japan went, team has beaten that team. No way. Especially in 98. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. So, but then we just got talking about like, you know, so Alan was like, well, what about this player and this player and this player? How come they weren't on that list? And so then we just started talking about, you know, some of the good players from the different decades you know, uh, and we thought, well, let's talk about that. It'd be fun to talk about. Yeah, because, you know, I I told you guys on this podcast way back when we first started, if you remember, if you've been with us the whole time. Um, I went to the 1979 World Series, man. I was nine years old. It was like, that was awesome. O's Pirates, man. That's that awesome. was a great, that was a great series. We won seven games. We lost, but whatever. I mean, you, you don't forget something like that when you're nine, your team and you're there. Come on. Man. That was awesome. But, and how about you know, the fact that the Pittsburgh pirates won the world <laughs> series? Like anybody that's lived in the last 30 years is like, what are you talking about? They've been right. terrible. They were, they were good. I mean, you can say yeah. the same thing about the O's too, right? Like what? Yeah, I guess. I mean, for crying out loud, man. Yeah. Forever. But yep. anyway, we were talking about the 80s. You know, that's a great 90s lineup. And some of those names span the 80s too a little bit. But, yes. um, but if you think about the 80s and just in general, throw me a couple names, man. 80s. Oh, my gosh. You throw got me a couple Rip, names. Like, Ripkin. Okay. You got George Brett. Yeah. Oh, you got yeah. Mike Schmidt. Big one. Yep. You know, you've got Ryan Sandberg and Wade Boggs. Amazing. Tony Gwynn. I mean, a lot of those Tony guys went Gwynn. in the 90s, but like they started in the in the 80s. Right. We're talking about an 80s world classic baseball, like an all-star, all-country team, right? So Wade Box, I mean, he's top of the list. He's gotta be <sighs> near it. Yeah. What about what about um uh what about pitchers? How about Roger about? Clemens? I mean, Roger Clemens in the 80s, dude. He in was the mowing 80s, him down. before he was doing roids. Just, yeah, he was just naturally mowing him down. <laughs> yeah. Doc Gooden. Doc Gooden, man. Right. I, mean, I think his rookie year was 86. So if, if this was 89, still in the 80s. Yeah, yeah dude. Go, go ahead. Who you how got? About this? How, about, yeah. how about this one? You ready? Steve Carlton. Mm. Yeah. Steve Carlton. And some of these, you know, like you said. They uh, they um, span a couple of decades or whatever, but Kirby yeah, Puckett. Oh, Puckett, man. What, what an <laughs> underrated baseball player that guy was. Was he kind of like the Tony Gwynn mini-me? Yes. Like, in a way, absolutely. like such a yes. great hitter, but doesn't get the same fanfare that Tony gets? I don't think, yeah. I think he was one of those guys on the twin, uh, Twins, right? So he was just yeah. one of these guys that were just – Solid, like stocky dude, kind of like Tony Gwynn, stocky dude. Yeah, stocky, but a good hitter, like a 300 hitter. Yeah. I don't think yeah. quite as high as Gwynn, but like not far off. I, we, we can look up his stats. I had of course, Nolan one. Ryan, of course. Oh, I mean, yeah. we talked Lights about out, him. Man. Lights out. You know, I want to bring up my boy because this was the guy that made me fall in love with baseball was Donnie Baseball. Don Mattingly, Mattingly dude. 
Yeah, for sure. So yeah, and he was on yeah, some Yankees teams that sucked in the terrible. Eight, so still the man. Terrible. The man. How about Strawberry in his prime? 84 to 90. Because we're talking 80s right now. He was like six foot three and 110 pounds. <laughs> but hit 40 home runs. Yeah. Because his, his swing was so fast. <laughs> what about Oral Hershiser? Oh. Remember that's him? A great one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of he was course, amazing. right? I mean, I mean, we talked about this guy, Ricky, Ricky Henderson. I mean, yeah. Come on, man. He's stealing. Yeah. There, there's stealing nobody everything. in the game that's even anywhere near Ricky Henderson nowadays, right? Yeah. No, no. There's not anybody close. And then, of I, course, I'll throw one. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say for my team in the 80s, Eddie. Eddie. Oh, Eddie, Murray. Eddie Murray. Yeah. Great player. The Cobra. I mean, I can start ripping off so many names. Andre yeah. Dawson. Paul yeah. Molitor. Yes. You know, like, yeah. uh, who are some of these guys? Will Clark. Will Clark. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think of pitchers, going back to pitchers, Brett Saberhagen. Yeah, dude. Yes. Pitchers what about, are harder um, for me to think of, but. What about Dennis Ten Eckersley? Reeds? Dennis Reigns. Yes, dude. Reigns. Yep. Ah, man. So we were talking like before we started recording about like some of these unsung heroes that might not be Hall of Fame players, but were good players that, you know, for maybe like three to three to seven years had Hall of Fame stats, but just didn't didn't keep it for like 20 years, which is kind of what you needed back then to get into the hall. Right. So, right. I'm thinking right. of guys like, you know, like Juan Samuel. Remember that guy from the <laughs> Phillies? Yeah. 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 He was a good, he was a good player, you know, or like, you know, even Hojo Howard Johnson was on the Mets and the Tigers, a <laughs> couple, couple different teams. Uh, you know, I'm just uh, trying to think of some of these other guys. Like they were like Ozzy Guillen. Before he was a coach, right? Yeah. Her- Dude, what about? Said, did you say Harold Baines? I said Tim Raines. Tim Raines and Harold Baines, both Harold decent Baines, players, man. Yeah, yeah. He, he. Yep. Yep. Dude, what about this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about Goose Gossage? Oh, <laughs> you want to know what's hilarious? So listen to Go this. Ahead. I got a story on him, real quick. I should have bought this, man. You're gonna love Go this. Ahead. So Which, I took yeah. my son, I took my, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. 11, how old's my son? 10, 11, something like that. I took him to a <laughs> sports card show last weekend. Yeah. Nearby. So, you know, sports cards have kind of made like a comeback, you know, back yeah. in the day they were huge and then they like were overproduced and now they're making an enormous comeback. We went to the sports card show and at this show last week, there was a signed like eight by 10 picture from Goose Gossage, right? Ooh, New York Yankees. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And on it was like it was for like a hundred bucks. Autographed had it like had like an authenticity like certificate. So it was real. Yeah. But on it it said Trump 2024 take the country back. Goose Gossage. And it was signed with a certificate <laughs> of authenticity. What? It was amazing. Dude. Yeah. But I That's didn't get a- it because like I kind of went to this thing to kind of like support my son and his new 
you know, love for sports and sports cards. So I wasn't really yeah. there to spend for myself. So I wasn't <laughs> like, yeah, I was just kind of trying to support him, but and buy stuff for Man. him and help him. But I was like, that's amazing. That's awesome. Dude, that <laughs> yeah, whether amazing. you like Trump or not, it was just like kind of badass, you know? <laughs> oh, shit. Goose Gossage. How about, um, did I say this one already? Uh, Julio Franco. Yeah, Julio Franco. What about Jim Rice? Dude, yeah. J- Jim Rice and uh, who's the other big guy? Um Willie Stargell? No, he was more of the seventies, yeah. I guess. Yeah, the seventies probably. He might he probably went into the eighties, I'm sure, but Yeah. Um But even like if you go from like not these unsung heroes, but even like the ones that we were ripping off at first for the eighties, like the Sandbergs and the Boggs and the Puckets and the you know, those guys, like can you imagine that team? The Oral Hershizers, you know, Man. the the Nolan Ryans, the Roger Clemens. I mean, your three starting pitchers are Hershiser, Clemens, and, and, and Ryan. You're done. Done. You get over. Hit. No. It's going to be three no hitters. Yeah. To and begin the series. And, oh, my God. <laughs> and they're closing it out. Come on. Yeah. You got no chance. Nothing. And there's guys we're not even thinking about right now. I know. I know. I, I pulled up a list, and even with the list, like we said – Gary Carter behind the plate. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Carlton Fisk. Fisk, because he was 70s, but he was in the 80s and was playing well in the 80s. He did. We didn't even mention Robin Yount. Robin Yount. That's right. Oh, man. Do you remember? Do you remember um, Mark Langston? Yep. He was a pitcher, right? Yep. 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 Uh, Dale Murphy. The Dale Braves, Murphy. Man. Great hitter. <laughs> he's amazing. He's the, I we, think he's in the Hall of Fame, I think. Yeah. I think so. But dude, yep, you dip. put that you put that list together. Like third base, you got Wade Box, right? Yep. Yep. Short shortstop. Who would you put there? Robin Yount? Cal Ripken? I don't know. Ooh, you got both of them on the team. That's 50-50 right there. Oh, uh, man. Who's second baseman? Sandberg. Is he a second baseman? I think so. He's yeah, probably arguably yeah. one of the best second basemen. Yeah, he's time. probably the only guy in the 80s that can play second base. Yeah. What about first base, dude? Eddie? Don. It's got to be Don that. Eddie and Don. Maybe Eddie dude. starts Don's backup. Dude, that would be a night. That would be a nightmare as a manager. Like, who are you sitting? Who are you gonna sit? Well, you give them both fifty percent of the play, right? Like, so yeah, we forgot like we forgot Mike Schmidt at third base, man. Who are you gonna play? Boggs? You gonna play Boggs or you gonna play Schmidt? I think you play them both. You know, like (laughs) half and half, because Schmidt would have been like. Well, it depends on what year we're talking about. Like, if, is this the end of the 80s, the middle, or the beginning, right? Like, if Let's it's, just say 85, right? If it's 85, Schmidt's been in the league like 12 years. So he might be on the downward trajectory of his career versus, you know, 85, Wade Boggs. I think he came into the league in like 82. So he's like only in his yeah. third year. So you've right. got a guy who's a veteran, and then you got a like up and coming superstar. 
you play them both, right? Yeah. I think that, I think that actually makes your team super strong because you've got the young, vibrant, super, you know, soon to be superstar, and you've got the already, you know, superstar. You know, you've got the guy who's a veteran. All right. So you already mentioned the starting lineup. I mean, the 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 pitching rotation. You got you got um, Nolan Ryan, Clemens, and um, Oral Hershiser. Oral There's, there's got to be somebody else. Do you got a list that says any other pitchers from the '80s? Steve Carlton. Steve yep. Carlton. We said uh, Mario Soto. Okay. Fernando Valenzuela. Venezuela. <laughs> he was a beast, man. He was. Mike Scott. Okay. Mike Scott. Um, you got uh, Langston, Hershiser, Bob Welch. You it got does kind of drop Jack, off after like the top five, though, doesn't it? Jack Morris. These are guys. Morris, who have good, Jack Morris. That's a good one. That's a good yep. name. You got good Saberhagen, you mentioned. Good in Saberhagen, uh, Eckersley. Burt Blylevin. Burt Blylevin. <laughs> that's a great name. Yeah. Good call. That, I remember him on the Twins. I don't know who else he played for. Yeah. I think it was – that's who I remember. Frank Viola. Viola Twins too, right? I think. John Candelaria. Rick Sutcliffe. Yeah, Sutcliffe. Okay. So there's a lot of – there's a lot of pitchers in there. But you're there right. There were better hitters gonna, in the 80s though. There were better hitters yeah. in the 80s. Yeah. Than maybe pitchers, could, it seems like. Maybe it's because they weren't – a lot of good pitchers as yeah. many. Yeah. Uh, so right field, Dwight Evans, right? It's got to be center field. Who are you putting? Dale Murphy. Probably. We mentioned where did and Rick we mentioned Henderson on, out and left? Henderson and left for sure to start because he's just going to like chase everything down. We mentioned guys like Andre Dawson and Dale Murphy. Where do those guys play? Aren't they outfielders? Yeah, dude. And Dave, what about Dave Winfield? Winfield, where do you put these guys? <laughs> oh, I got another Something. guy we haven't even mentioned. And this is actually sacrilegious we didn't mention this guy, dude. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ozzy Smith. Why didn't we say that? Where is he playing in this lineup? Is he a, He's a shortstop, right? Or yeah. second base? He might be. No, he I'm was a shortstop. Shortstop. He yeah. was the one that did the flips, right? The Wizard of Oz, yeah. Yeah. Dude was amazing. We didn't even say we didn't put Tony Gwynn in yet. I mean, you know, I know we mentioned him, but he's right. got to be in the lineup. He's he hits every time he gets up. He never strikes Probably. out. I mean, do you think you think he's the best hitter of all time? Like, God, you, I mean, people want to say Ted Williams because he hit four hundred, but I think it was a different hit 400 era. Four hundred twice. Too. Ted Williams. Well, it was a different twice. era then, though, wasn't it? Yeah, like but Gwynn Gwynn hit three hundred and never struck out, never walked. Yeah, you know, literally like always put the ball in play in play and like didn't strike out in an era where pitchers were amazing. He played into the 90s with like, you know, Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, some of these guys. Yeah, you start out in the 80s when there's really great pitchers, but not as many as the 90s. I would No, not nah. the 90s and were harder. And how many good pitchers were there during Ted Williams time? I can't even think of it. Sandy Calfax. <laughs> I think that was even before him. That was way back. I mean, I'm sure there were. You and I are just too young to really know, but I'm yeah. sure there were good pitchers. I don't want to take away from what Ted Williams did, but I don't think that's a record that'll ever be broken, especially nowadays. 
Hitting 400, there was only two guys that came close in our time, which was George Bratt and Tony Gwynn. Nobody else came yeah. close. I don't think. Yeah. Was there somebody else that came close? To I mean, there's been a few guys like halfway through the season that were hitting like in the high threes, three seven. Yeah, but we're talking three. about like I remember very clearly that George Brett was hounded. I mean, it was talked about every night. Is he going to do it every day? Like into September, and people were talking about it all the time. I mean, that what was his average it. then? I can't remember. I have to look it, it up. It had to have been high threes. Yes, it was, and Man. they were calculated and out and. And I don't remember that with Tony Gwynn, although I think there was some buzz about it, but he dropped off earlier in the season, maybe August or something, and, you know, the buzz wasn't there. But George Brett's buzz was there for – it was deep into the season, really deep. But how many – okay, how many memes have you seen about Tony Gwynn that tells you all these mind-blowing statistics? Like he could strike out like a thousand times in a row and still have a better like – career average than some other hall of famer or something. It's just like these he could crazy. Go, he could go over for three years and still have a 300 average. Then we, yeah, that, something, that was the meme. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, for, for three. three years. You don't get a hit. Yeah. And you're still, oh I mean, God. why is he not the best hitter of all time? You're right. I don't, I mean, I don't know if he is, but he's, he's in the top five. Because you got to put Pete Rose up there. You got to put Ted Williams. Of all time, Ty Cobb, right? Ty Cobb. Because he was the hit leader before Rose. He's top five, though. I think you put Ty Cobb, you put Williams and Rose, and I think Gwynn's in that conversation. There's four. There's probably one guy we're not thinking about that's in there. But that one guy we're not thinking about is probably older, I bet. Old timer. Yeah. 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 Probably one of those guys. Caline. Or whatever, you know, <laughs> like some, yeah, <laughs> for the Thurman Detroit Rockets, for the Detroit Rockets, you know, some some fucking baseball team from the 1880s. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> oh man, the 80s were amazing for baseball, though. And then, like, I'm more, I'm more in tune with the 90s because I was, you know, I was born in 79. So 1990, I was 11. In the 80s, I was pretty young. I mean, I followed the 80s from a sports perspective, basically retrospectively, right? Because, you know, so in the 90s, I was looking back at the 80s. I wasn't watching it live when I was growing up because I was five, six years old. But retrospectively, retrospectively, I was looking at those guys that we just mentioned, all of them, which were amazing players. And that's that's kind of what I did with the seventies. I was alive in the seventies. I was born yeah. in nineteen seventy, but right. I don't remember them except for the World Series. But I was nine. That's and I went the to end a of games. seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, but you know, I didn't remember Reggie Jackson hitting those home runs, Mister October. Right. right, dude, check that. He was out old for a second. then too. Let's just think right? about that for a second. You're in the World Series, all right? Okay. One of the games. You come up to plate, first pitch you see, home run. Okay? You come up again later on, first pitch you see, freaking home run. All right? You come up a third time, first pitch you see, home run. In the World Series, three home runs, three pitches. That's crazy. Was it against Never the same done pitcher? It. Was it against yeah, the same pitcher? Yeah. Uh, it must have been because it was the 70s, right? So they kept them. Because they actually pitched complete games back then. 
Yeah. Yeah. They were actually men. Yeah. They weren't beta males. <laughs> That's insane, dude. You're, you're absolutely right. That will never happen in a World Series again. I mean, just like a perfect game may happen, right? A perfect yeah. game in the World Series could actually happen. It Last could. time it happened, it was 56, but but that was, I mean, geez, dude. Jeez. All right, yeah, I because was just, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, because like, so let's talk about a perfect game in the World Series real quick. You'll have a pitcher who's on his best night, but like the team he's pitching against, you can get to the World Series and not be the best hitting team. You know, you could just be hot at the right moment, right? So right. if a pitcher has like his best stuff one night, you might you might not be able to hit that dude. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's so right. I mean, I could see that happening again. That's a record that I'm like, nah, I'm not sure that won't be broken someday or or not, not necessarily broken, but, you know, another one occur, I guess. But that's the only one that's ever happened. It's so it's. Pretty freaking it's pretty rare. rare. <laughs> but I would I would put money that that would happen way before three pitches, three home runs in the World Series. Yes, there's no way happen. that's happening. <clears throat> no, there's no way. There's no way. All right, so because, I brought this okay, up. Okay, so yeah, hold on a second. So you're pitching to some dude in the World Series in 2023, yeah. and his first pitch he hits a home run. Okay, mm-hmm. he's up for a second at bat. Let's say it's the same pitcher. Let's say the pitcher settled down and hadn't given up yep. any other runs other than an initial home run. So they right. kept him in the game. They kept yeah. him in the game because he was their number one or number two stud pitcher. Right. Like, are you throwing him a fastball the first I might pitch? Throw, I might throw one in his back. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not right? giving him a pitch to hit to start off with. So right there, that eliminates that happening again. Okay, but let's it's say a, you make yeah, a mistake yeah. and he hits the yeah. second pitch from the same pitcher goes yard. <laughs> they're yeah. pulling that pitcher number one. Yeah, yeah, right. Because they're Unless like it's a close game. Maybe it's two nothing now. Those are the only. Or maybe it's I, I gotta look. That's right. So they're keeping him in. But the third time the dude comes up, are you it's are you bringing inning. are you bringing in a different pitcher? You definitely are. You're not going to have the guy that just now, got shelled yeah. twice. Right now, absolutely you are, right? So you're And so you bring no- in some other like reliever, closer, whatever, depending on what inning it is and what the s- situations are, are they right. throwing a first pitch home run ball? Dude, you're lucky to see the the batting order twice in 2023 as a pitcher, yeah. right? So you're lucky to get to the 5th inning. A lot of and times, th- it just and doesn't that, happen anymore. Yeah, that third, that third at bat, dude. You're lucky to see a pitch in the strike zone. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, if he can hit one, if he can hit one, like out of the yard, that's off the plate. Then okay, it could happen, but it's not likely. No. So I I brought this up. Hang on one second. Yeah, so anyway, I brought up this um, the graphic of Major League career batting leaders, all right? Batting okay. leaders. Number one, Ty Cobb. Played 24 years, lifetime batting average, 366. For tw- That's his life. For 24 years? Yeah, but 24 no one years. was pitching good back then. This is they? back then. 
So like the first, I don't know how many, the first six players were from back in the day. Rogers okay. Hornsby, Joe Jackson, Ed Delahante, Tris Speaker, Billy no, Hamilton. They, they suck. I could hit better than those guys. Tied for sixth is Ted Williams. Played 19 years, okay? 344 lifetime average. Whew. Tied for eighth was somebody named Dan Brothers, Harry Heilman, and Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth hit 342 lifetime, which is amazing. Whoa. With that power, too, man? That's incredible. No, he was a man. So I'll just, just to put it in perspective, Tony Gwynn was number 16 on the list, played 20 years, and his lifetime average was 338. So Whew. he ain't no scratch, but he's top 20 all time. I think he's top five, though. I think some of those guys are like, the era is different. At least top 10. He's not 16. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. And how many of these like top eight would be in the top eight? Would Joe Jackson? Would he, he only be played in the, 13 years? Would he be in the top 50 if he played in the 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s? Probably not. You know, we, we talk about all these rule changes and stuff, but the game's different, man. The it game is. is different. I mean, it's a different athlete that's playing, you know? It is. Yeah, I don't want to take away from things because I do respect like athletes from the past. Um, you know, I'm a big believer that Michael Jordan's the best basketball player to ever play, and that he could even dominate in today's. In fact, I think basketball has gone in a different, you know, a different direction in the sense that you know they don't play defense. So a player like from the '80s and '90s who was a stud, I think, would be even more of a stud nowadays. Yeah. I don't know as though that'd be the same with baseball. It just kind of depends on the direction the game's gone. You know, right. um, yeah, there's so many other that, factors going involved yeah. in there. I mean, you talk about the steroid era in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but then they had a shit ton of pitchers that were amazing. How many 300 win pitchers came out of the nineties, three or four or five, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. Randy Johnson comes to mind and Greg yep. Maddox. Yep. You know, I mean, these guys, even in the steroid era, how much better would they have been if the ball wasn't live? I don't know. But that's that's <sighs> imagine that's Greg Maddox like during like Joe Jackson era, <sighs> the guy that could literally paint the corner by like a an eighth of an inch, just hit that corner like he did not walk batters. He no. was just incredible. Yeah, he was a he was definitely a bulldog. Like he was not going to give in to anybody. You know, I read that like Randy. I know. You know, I read that Randy Johnson when he first came into the league was like kind of an erratic, uncontrolled power pitcher. And then you want to know what's really crazy about that? He, you want to know what turned him around to be a three hundred game winner? The like 4,000 K strikeout guy, like just, you know, pitch some no hitters, just like an incredible, one of the best pitchers of all time. He actually talked to Nolan Ryan and Nolan Ryan gave him some tips on he was, when he was landing after his delivery, like the, his actually his, his fundamentals when he was like finishing his throw and landing, it was, it was causing him to be erratic 
not accurate, etc. Ryan gave him some tips on that. This is what I read. I don't know if it's true. I read it. You can't trust a lot of things today, but I read this that Ryan gave him some tips. And after he gave him the tips is when Randy Johnson became like the big unit, man, just dominating. There was a guy that, um, that Nolan Ryan, um, and I don't know. Uh, let's see. I'm going to tell you this right now. The guy's name is um, Tom House. Tom mm. House. He was a, he was a guy that uh, – helped Nolan Ryan with his pitching mechanics. Yeah. And okay. um I and I believe he helped Tom Brady. Mm. I think and I wanted to say that he was involved with with Ryan um uh Ryan Johnson too, but I can't remember if he was or not. But maybe that was that was how it happened. The connection there, yeah, Randy Johnson. Yeah, maybe yeah, that was the connection. But huh. I mean th- this was a guy who like developed like the modern day pitching mechanics and how you generate power and control and all that stuff and yeah help Nolan yeah. Ryan and I guess he just put that off but that's awesome anyway that's awesome. dude amazing stuff yeah that's the 80s man I, maybe we'll come back sometime next week maybe maybe we won't do two weeks in a row baseball but you know maybe down the road we'll we'll look at like you know, maybe the nineties talk about the nineties baseball. I would love it, man. man. That's I think amazing. We're, we both lived through it and we remember yeah. it firsthand. So that's, yeah. that's great. Stuff, I love man. the eighties. I'm not sure. I love the nineties more than I love the eighties. You know, I think it's probably equal, even though I lived through the nineties more, I was more present in the nineties than I was the eighties, but man, some of those players in the eighties, just legends. It's also like a lens of uh, how your team did in that decade. Because right. I remember the 80s, the Orioles were pretty good for a lot of the decade. And mm. the 90s, we weren't so good. Maybe a, a yeah. couple years in there. But, you know, so. And I'm a Yankees kind of, fan. They sucked in some of the 80s and into their a bunch of the 90s. So basically they got all those guys like Posada and Jeter and, you know, all those, all those fellas put that crew together and that was a dynasty yeah. dude damn yeah, it was awesome yeah we'll talk about that for sure yeah next time. yeah so next time guys we'll, we'll we will come back to this i don't know if it'll be next week we'll, yeah. maybe it will but we'll 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 figure it out i'd love you to put have, some uh football things together too yeah we should talk yeah about that. yeah for sure even basketball possibly we'll see so all right but anyways guys like speaking of baseball if you guys have any thoughts on some players on some heroes guys we should have mentioned you know, reach out to us. This is what we've been talking at gmail.com. This is what we've been talking at gmail.com. Hit us up. Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll be back on air live together, hanging out next yeah. week. Yeah. Right on, man. I was looking forward to it. Let's do it. Sounds good, man. <laughs> have a good week, everybody. Right. Yep. Have a good one. See you.